Hi, and welcome to EV Life. This is episode three of our show. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining us. We have a great show planned for you today. We'll be talking to Theory Spees from NRCAN, so Natural Resources Canada. And this is such an important topic because as you may know, the federal government has a lot of initiatives out right now. And so we get a little bit of clarity on what those initiatives are. And it's just important to be on top of what the government is doing, because as you know, Canada's roads are changing. They're en route to change. But first, I want to bring on the producer of the podcast, Allison Bench. Hi, Allison. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I feel this conversation today is going to be really important because, you know, as we've mentioned before on our show, the government of Canada has mandated that all new light duty passenger vehicles. So, you know, just all of us people out there driving cars, um, they'll need to be zero emission by 2035. And, you know, things are changing so rapidly, right? Like the the mandate is for 2035, but, you know, we're kind of like en route to get there already. Uh, you know, there was an announcement recently that GM is converting one of their Ontario car manufacturing plants to a full-scale electric vehicle maker. So, you know, there's a lot going on in this space. And I feel like every week there's something new kind of coming out in the EV sphere. Yeah, it feels like this is just a time where there's a lot of stuff happening. Yeah, it's important to know how the government is planning to support that move and support those of us who do make the switch to zero emission vehicles. And so we're going to hear directly from NRCAN, as we mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah. And so Natural Resources Canada, so they're focused, just to get, like give people an idea of what they do, they're focused on making sure Canada's natural resources are developed sustainably, but they're also involved in working towards a cleaner transportation system. So, you know, a, a, a cleaner grid, a cleaner network, um, just to make sure that overall Canada is ready. And, and one of the ways the federal government is doing that is with some incentives around EVs. And we'll hear today about one of those. It's called the Zero Emission Vehicle Infrastructure Program, <laughs> but it's $680 million worth of initiatives that is aimed to address a lack of charging stations across Canada. Right. And, and it's not only that, I know that there's also federal rebates through Transport Canada that are available for EV purchases. And there's also outreach programs for businesses and individual Canadians. Yeah, so there's a lot going on. And that's why we really wanted to bring someone on from the gov the federal government to talk to you and just share some of that information. And so again, my guest is Terry Spees, and he is with Natural Resources Canada. He is the Senior Manager of Natural Resources Canada's Advanced Vehicle Program. So it's a little bit of a mouthful, but he's working to lead several programs that hope to increase the adoption of zero emission vehicles across Canada. And without further ado, let's jump into that interview. Hi, Thierry. Thank you for joining me today. Hi, Crystal. Thanks for having me. Can you just tell us quickly what you do at Natural Resources Canada? Absolutely. So my name is Thierry Spies. I'm responsible for a number of things at Natural Resources Canada, all related to transportation and the electrification of transportation. So I'm the policy lead within the department on light duty vehicles and zero emission vehicles. We work very closely with other departments within the government of Canada, namely Transport Canada, Innovation Science, Economic Development Canada, and Environment and Climate Change Canada, to holistically come up with uh, policies that would accelerate the adoption 
of steer emission vehicles in Canada. I'm also responsible for the steer emission vehicle awareness initiative that helps the whole bunch of organizations and, and, and local governments and provincial governments to stand up and, and manage projects and programs that would increase the awareness of steer emission vehicles. So I'll ask you a bit more about that initiative a little later on. But NRCAN recently surveyed almost 4,000 Canadians, and you found out that the majority of them had never been inside of an EV. So what kind of outreach does the Canadian government do to increase awareness of EVs? Yeah, so you're, you're probably referring to the, uh, the 2021 public outreach or public opinion survey that we did. Correct. And it's true that we found that I believe it was two thirds of, of those surveyed have never been in an EV and this is actually consistent with findings from other polls and studies that industry has done that shows that Canadians have a relatively low exposure rate or experience with, with these types of vehicles. And so our research actually drilled a little deeper and found that someone making 40000 a year or less without a higher education, for example, is even less likely to have experienced an EV firsthand. And this needs to change. Um, you know, research, our own as well as others, shows that the most uh, important thing is to get people into the vehicles. Test driving an EV is the best way to convince someone of their benefits. Okay. And so we're doing this in a number of ways. We're supporting various projects and initiatives across Canada that offer test drives to Canadians, predominantly through the Sierra Mission Vehicle uh, Awareness Program that I've that I mentioned. I would say at the same time, we're also making more and more resources available online where Canadians can get more information on the benefits of these vehicles to help them make a really informed uh, purchase decision. And speaking of that, that public opinion research, so as we speak, we're actually redoing that very same survey with uh, more or less the same questions to see whether the needle has moved and by how much. And for the first time ever this year, we're also doing a survey on medium and heavy duty vehicles to see what the barriers are, the attitudes are for, let's say, commercial users or, you know, fleets, for example, in adopting those uh, those emission vehicles for them. You mentioned that you think once people get inside an EV that they'd be more inclined to purchase one. And I will say I knew nothing about EVs. And after I test drove my first one, I was completely sold. They're so cool. They're such cool cars. But why is it important for the government to increase awareness of EVs? So there's obviously a number of benefits to EVs. When we talk about Canadians, about you know what they think the benefits are, what comes to mind first and foremost is the environmental benefits. So they obviously are zero emissions, so they, they don't have any tailpipe emissions. Tailpipe emissions being CO2 and other uh, greenhouse gases that contribute to climate change. But also one of the main benefits that people may not think about as much is, is air pollution and noise pollution. So these vehicles, uh, as you probably experienced firsthand, are very quiet. Yeah, they are. It's very strange. Yeah, it is a bit eerie. Like I, I, I'm fortunate enough to drive one of those vehicles myself, and it's they're so quiet. The only noise that they make is uh, there's a bit of a, a backup noise, a little beeping when I back out of the driveway, <laughs> much to the dismay of my neighbor. Otherwise, they're obviously great vehicles for families and they're, they're, they're quiet and they really don't emit any, any sort of air pollution, which is one of the number one health concerns for, for Canadians. And then, you know, they're using 
clean electricity. So Canada actually is one of the countries, one of the leading countries in the world that has one of the cleanest uh, electricity grids. When you say clean energy, what are you referring to? So this is uh, electricity from non-emitting sources. Non-emitting meaning they don't have any greenhouse gas emissions associated with them. Okay. Sort of at the whole, Canada's grid, I believe is close to 85% non-emitting. So from, from hydroelectricity, from wind, solar, electricity obviously being the number one uh, source of electricity. I didn't know that. That's actually pretty good. Yeah, it's amazing. And obviously, it, it depends a little bit on where you are in the country. So you've made reference a few times to the Zero Emission Vehicles Awareness Initiative. You have an acronym for that, but is it ZEVI or do you just say Z-E-V-A-I? <laughs> it's quite long. Yeah, it's it, it is. Uh, so we, we do say uh, SEPI or just the awareness uh, initiative. SEPI. So what kind of projects does that initiative support? So it supports projects by and large that aim to increase awareness, knowledge, and most importantly, public confidence in, in these types of vehicles, as well as the associated public charging and refueling infrastructure. So when we say refueling, that refers to hydrogen refueling. And the initiative uh, helps fund uh, outreach, education, capacity building activities that um, the goal ultimately is to enable greater adoption of SEVs by by Canadians. And uh, it was launched in 2019, and we've been, uh, you know, investing over $7 million since then in, I want to say, 45 projects coast to coast. And we're we're not, we're close, not even close by being done with it. We're actually launching a few different streams. So one of the, the new streams is a dedicated stream for medium and heavy duty zero emission vehicles, as well as a dedicated stream for indigenous-led projects. And so the type of projects, you know, one of the one of the things that we've done most recently is to launch a, a portal called evfleets.ca that helps fleet owners, logistics operators, drivers, businesses, and so on to realize, you know, while while they can increase their bottom line, they can also switch to electric vehicles. We've worked with uh, Plug and Drive and Uber to do test drives. We work with the CA on a buyer's guide. And uh, in Alberta, actually, we've done a few partnerships with, most notably, with the Biosphere Institute in the Bow Valley. Okay. Yeah, I was going to ask if there was anything specific to Alberta, as most of our listeners, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So if uh, your listeners want to find out more about this, I encourage them to to Google Sierra Mission Vehicle Awareness Initiative uh, NRCAN, and there's, you know, one of the links will take you to successful applicants page where all the 45 projects that, uh, that I mentioned earlier are listed and to see if they're still active or they've now closed. But we certainly have a few projects in Alberta. So the Biosphere Institute of the Bow Valley, I believe they've done some, some test drives and events uh, this summer. We're also working with the city of Edmonton. And we're also, of course, working with the Alberta Motor Transport Association to support their hydrogen trucking demonstration work with educational materials and workshops and so on. Lots of exciting things going on. Yeah, definitely. So how what specifically is NRCAN doing to make ZEVs more affordable and accessible for Canadians? And again, ZEVs refers to the zero emission vehicles. 
it is mainly Transport Canada and Environment Canada that are sort of the, the key players. So the government of Canada has committed to make ZEVs more affordable for all Canadians. And one of the ways we do that is by the ISEF. So that's the uh, ISEF Federal Incentive Program that is administered by Transport Canada since 2019, I believe. That provides an incentive, a rebate, if you will, of up to $5,000 per eligible vehicle. So that reduces essentially the price of a, of a battery electric vehicle by $5,000. And you don't have to apply for it. It was, you know, that, that amount is just taken off the, the retail price at the dealership. And so the exciting thing there is that that, that list of eligible vehicles is, is growing year over year. I think I want to say right now it's 130 models, I believe. And includes trucks, uh, vans, and, and some SUVs, although there aren't quite as many out yet. But I think we're seeing more and more uh, of, that, of these types of vehicles come, come online. Yeah, we're certainly seeing more manufacturers putting out electric vehicles. Yeah, I was, so I was actually just in, in California on, on a vacation and I've, I've seen so many uh, F-150 Lightnings and Rivians. And- I think that's um, one that's particularly appealing to Albertans. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It sort of fits the, the, the lifestyle of uh, Albertans a little bit more, I'd say. Yeah, we like our trucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing wrong with that. I, I would say, though, that, you know, while we while we do have that, that program, it's important for your listeners to also realize that if you look at the entire life of an electric vehicle, it's often actually less expensive to own and operate compared to sort of a conventional vehicle, which we call an internal combustion engine vehicle. And that is mainly because maintenance costs, the repair costs and so on are lower compared to those conventional vehicles. So you would say the environmental benefits are kind of compacted because not only are they zero emissions, but because you'll be doing less repairs, less replacements, and they typically might last longer, there's less of a need to go out and buy a new vehicle. Absolutely. I mean, there's no really transmission. There isn't really an engine that needs uh, a lot of maintenance, repairs and, and oil changes, for example, right? So right there, you're you're saving money. And you know, looking at the the gas prices right now, you know they're in some parts of the countries are hovering about you know two dollars a liter. You're actually going to save uh, a lot more uh, and a lot more quickly compared to uh, a nice uh, internal combustion engine vehicle due to the fact that recharging your your EV is a lot cheaper with electricity than with gasoline. You mentioned that the federal government is working to transition their light duty fleet vehicles to zero emission vehicles by 2030. And I know you also mentioned that your NRCAN is working with several companies across the country to transition their fleets as well. But are there challenges for companies looking to do this? Uh, yeah, there are. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that, yeah, there will be challenges, but kind of, what are those challenges? So it's funny. It's a, it's a great question. It's, it's funny, you you know, I've, I've, I've been asked that before and the, the sort of expectation from the person who've asked me that before was like, oh, they, they have to be very, very different compared to sort of your, your everyday Canadian. But it, it's not. They're, they're really almost the same. So the barriers are more or less the same when it comes to transitioning a government fleet or a municipal fleet and sort of the angst, the, the concerns are the same. So chief among which is really the lack of supply of vehicles, right? So we, we talked a little bit about Albertans loving their larger vehicles, the SUV and trucks and so on. And same thing goes for certain types of vehicles in the federal fleet. There are larger vehicles, there are specialized vehicles. 
And there just isn't enough supply or even a model out there that sort of corresponds that it has an equivalent performance. So that's certainly a, an issue, sort of the lack of, of, of supply of these vehicles. Another is the cost, right? I mean, Canadians are, are dealing with higher costs everywhere they look. And so purchasing a, an electric vehicle or a car, period, obviously, is a huge decision. Mm-hmm. And the same is for government. Uh, so the high upfront cost is a, is a concern for many departments, lack of infrastructure. And again, going back to the awareness, a lot of uh, fed, you know drivers in the federal government, in the federal fleet, don't have that ever awareness. They don't have the exposure or confidence to make the switch. And it's it's a bit of a lack of training as well. So we definitely have our, our work cut out for ourselves as well. So as these organizations, the government and businesses transition their fleets over, what happens to the existing fleet? Where where do those vehicles go? So that's a that's a great point. And actually, one of the, the things that we, we do is we realize as we do all these assessments of the federal fleets, and so far we've done uh, 17 different departments and looked at well over 4,000 vehicles. One of the things that we recognize or start to realize is that we certainly don't need to replace every single vehicle with an electric vehicle. One of the things is we call it right-sizing. So it's not not to replace every vehicle. Sometimes the best thing to do is not to replace a vehicle. You sort of downsize the fleet overall and you get more efficiency out of your existing fleet. So you're not necessarily going to say, hey, we're not going to use any of the vehicles we have right now and just replace them all with electric vehicles. It's more as your vehicles kind of need to be replaced, then you replace those with an electric vehicle? Yeah, no, absolutely. We're, we're actually currently doing some work with a consulting firm just to really pinpoint where in the remaining useful life of the vehicle, what year is the best year for us to switch based on uh, certain economic factors, based on you know the projected gasoline price and so on. So there's there's certain key milestones in the life of a, of a vehicle, an existing conventional vehicle, where we say, okay, now is the best time to switch. Thierry, thank you so much for speaking to me today. I just have one last question. What are you looking forward to in the future of transportation? I mean, I, I could be putting on my policy hat to talk about this. That's probably not what people want to hear. But I'm a huge science nerd and sort of a, a tech geek. So I'm really excited about the new battery technologies and sort of next gen charging tech that's coming out. Not to get too technical, but like solid state batteries is something really promising. And when it comes to batteries, I think Canada is actually sort of punching above its weight. There's really good companies in, in Canada that uh, that produce batteries, like Jeff Don, for example, out in, in Nova Scotia. We're also really good at recycling batteries. So there's a, a number of companies that are really great at recycling all sorts of batteries, not just from, from electric vehicles. But the, the one thing that gets me really excited, and I think we sort of uh, touched on that a little bit, is the sheer number. And more importantly, I'd say the diversity of new uh, EVs coming on the market. So I myself drive an electric Mustang, but I know there's some even cooler vehicles coming soon, like the, the pickup trucks, SUVs. We talked about the, the Rivian, the F-150. There's an electric Silverado. Like that really, really gets me excited to see that there's more, more vehicles that really should hopefully suit every lifestyle uh, of Canadians. Yeah, I actually had the opportunity to attend the Edmonton EV Expo, the very first one, and there were so many cool cars there. You're right. So I'm excited to see more of these on the road. Yeah, me too. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. This was great. Thank you so much for having me, Crystal. 
anytime. So that was my conversation with Theory Spees from Natural Resources Canada. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the EV Life podcast. We will have a new episode coming out next Monday. So make sure that you're subscribed wherever you listen to your podcast so that you always know when a new episode is out. Next episode, we'll be talking to one of my colleagues, actually, and he took a little road trip in an EV for the very first time, never drove an EV before, and he took a road trip from Edmonton to Medicine Hat. So I'll be chatting with him to see what his experience was like in an EV for the first time driving in winter a long distance. So to make sure you tune in for that. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do so by sending me an email at community at ama.ab.ca. Until next week, thanks for joining.